And thanks to all of you who are staying with us uh, on the Joy News channel. This is The Pulse, but we're bringing you a special coverage from Bermakam. Bermakam being the national headquarters of the Ghana Armed Forces. But it's also serving as the platform uh, which is hosting the Committee of Chiefs of Defence Staff from the uh, Economic Community of West African States. The background to that is that at the tail end of last month, the Presidential Guard in the Republic of Niger staged a military coup overthrowing and deposing the democratically elected president Mohamed Bazoum. Now, when that happened, the Sub Regional Body ECOWAS uh, issued a communique indicating that they were giving the military uh, junta one week to hand over power and to reinstate the democratically elected president Mohamed Bazoum. And that one week ultimatum failed uh, because, first of all, attempts to dialogue and to negotiate with the uh, military junta did not materialize. Fast forward, ECOWAS indicated that it was activating its uh, military force by having all the West African countries that are in support of this military exercise deploy their troops by contributing uh, the troops and then the deployments will be done in the coming days to stabilize and to restore constitutional order. Is the reason for which the military chiefs are gathered here uh, at the military uh, headquarters uh, of Burma camp meeting over the past two days and deliberating on strategic ways by which they could go uh, ahead with the deployment. Uh, for those of you who were watching us on the Joining Channel a couple of hours ago, we brought to you that uh, breaking story of some citizens of Niger who earlier in the day uh, stormed the embassy of the Republic of Niger, uh, protesting and calling for the reinstatement of the deposed President Mohamed Bazoum. It was part of the demands that they made and also uh, condemning the military junta's attempt to hold on to power and to cut short the wheel of the people. This is where we are at the Burma Camp Station and bringing you all of the analysis that you would need to have uh, all throughout the day. I will have experts join us, also reps from the various military and also uh, probably ECOWAS, uh, which will be making a statement in a few hours from now. Uh, you can also see the live view of what's happening um, in that conference room where a statement is expected in a moment from now. We'll be crossing you over to, to get that very final communique from the Sub Regional Body ECOWAS, but this is where we are bringing you all of the action uh, and analysis on what has been transpiring over the past 48 hours. Uh, the national capital of Ghana, Accra, has become that uh, pivotal um, point around which all of these ECOWAS, um, you know, military chiefs are revolving around coordinating strategic meetings. But it's unclear if this will be the military base or theater from which the ECOWAS standby force will be deployed. We're not sure of the terms of the deployment as well. And also ECOWAS says it is not ready to put out the timeline uh, in terms of the deployment. These are matters all outstanding. What are the implications for the Saab region? Uh, there are issues that we'll be looking at very shortly. But let's... Um, First of all, uh, take you back a few hours ago, where, of course, we're at the Embassy of the Republic of Niger, uh, where citizens of uh, Niger staged a demonstration in front of the embassy, calling on the military junta to hand over power to President Mohamed Bazoum. I was there a couple of hours ago, and here are excerpts of what transpired uh, at the Embassy of Niger here in Accra. It's simple that they do not support the military takeover of the democratically elected president Mohamed Bazoum. And it's the reason for which you find women and so many of them yelling. We want Bazoum, we want him, he's a good president. And we 
don't want the milking of the soldier. We want Bazoom back, so they should bring him back for us. Are you against the soldiers? No, we don't like the soldiers because we will not see improvement in our country because of the youth. So we want the Bazoom back in our country. He's a good father. He's a father of all. So we want him back. And that's the message that's resonating all across today. As you see, so many of the, uh, you know, citizens of Niger. Uh, registering their displeasure. So let's listen to their leadership. So please, they should try for us. The people in Niger, the soldiers should drop them. They should give the president of the Niger people vote to him to power. They should bring the president in back. So what we are saying, apart of Bazoum, we don't have any president in Niger because we need democracy. Africa is democracy. They give us democracy, freedom, and justice. Everybody to talk, but we know this soldier law. So that's why we come to here. We are discussing the ambassador here. The people they are giving noise. They should drop the, the soldier. We need the president back. The soldier will not like soldier law because they no vote give the soldier. They vote for the president. The president is working for Niger. The president is working. He likes the Niger people. What happened every place that you go see the president go say that my people, my people. So that's why we come to here to give a noise in the ambassador. But, but we've seen you people in the stadium supporting the military. Is that not an indication? We know the people they are supporting the military. I think that is not that their opposition. But we in democracy, we need democracy. Nobody that is going to follow. They banned that they no vote give the person. So far as they vote give the president, so that one that is the president for Niger. So even now, safe, if they say the soldier is president, who vote to the soldier? Nobody vote to him. That that the coup that is make is wrong. Now you are you are you are here. What? How, for how long will you be here? For how long do you no, intend I to stay? I'm in Ghana here. Yes. So, I'm in Ghana. So for how long? I I live in Ghana. I born in Ghana about good forty. Seven years. Right. I mean, the age of 47 years. But since I know that they bring democracy for us, Niger is working in democracy. Even the all Africa, they can't give us democracy, so we follow democracy law. So that's why we came here. They, what happened in Niger, we that we here in the Nigerian, we don't like it at all. People here, how long will you stay? How long? I think stay? that someone's day here, all by birth, more people by birth in Niger. Right. Right. But they are citizens in Ghana because of far as they're born there here, but someone's to. Came yeah. in Ghana. So I'm talking about the demonstration today. Will you stay here? Will you stay here? We stay here about three days or four days. You'll be here three days or four days. Or one week we can do in demonstration anytime. So that's so, what you are behind what yeah. is doing, right? We are here about what Ecowas is doing. It's right. Ecowas supposed to follow the right to drop the soldiers because they don't have any right to come to bring the countries coming back. Now the countries come to zero. The reason is that people were already suffering in Niger under Mohamed Bazoum. Yeah, so far as Niger to someone's come out inside. If you take Niger, is eight regions. Five regions or six regions, all they come to Ghibli that they should bring the president back. Only the capital that we see some four people, they come to support the soldiers. They do not have any right to support the soldiers. We don't need soldier law to so be present message, for us. What message do you have to the cool leaders? The, the cool leaders, the message that you have to them, they should go back. They should come to see them because they think that we know every country soldier supposed to follow the law of the country. So far as them to Bazoum Mohammed is their president, the coup that they make is not cool. It's kidnapping. It's not cool. Coup is not coming like this. The president is not doing any bad. The president is doing only good. So we are giving the soldiers, please, please, they should not hang about their people in Niger because now people they are suffering. So far as ECOWAS give us, they give us uh, what is calling uh, ECOWAS give, nobody is under, nobody is coming out. Now Niger, people they are hungry. 
So far as ECOWAS is not working about what they are doing. Yeah, we are still here because of what happened. Now more people they are coming. Yeah, they are coming. We call them, they will come. Whether it's today we are doing, tomorrow they will come back. We are there here from now to night. Just come along with me and let, let's get to know much more about uh, what's happening. Uh, but if you're joining us now, this is the Join News Channel. Um, so uh, for today, what, what petition do you have? Because I see that you have a paper that you'll be presenting to the commission. What, what, what will you be presenting to the commission? The commission that, the thing that we will present to them, the ambassador thing is under democracy. That's why we follow to come to the ambassador. They should know that the soldiers that they make the coup, they didn't bring any ambassador in Ghana here. Bazoum Mohammed is the president, is giving the commission to ambassador. So we are supporting, we are not talking about the ambassador, we, we are talking for the right of the Nigerian. What, what is your name, by the way? And My name is Alaji Sule Haruna. Alaji Sule Haruna, you are leading this group. Yeah. Now, are you. For them for the point is, are you aware of what's happening in your own country? Yeah. The, the fact that people say you are not developed, you need development. That's why they're. That one, all they are lying. Today, everybody know. Say the government for President Muhammad Isufu. Good 12 years, 12 years assessment. Everybody know the, the development of Niger. Niger, first like this, if you go to Niger, you go see more things that we don't have. But today, Niger is changed because we are civilized on Niger. Now, things is opening, things is doing right, everything is moving. The president is like in country people, it's like everybody. So we can't allow the soldier people to come to sit for their seat, they said that they are president. We will not like them today, we will not like okay, them today. Some say that you are in Accra, you are in Ghana. So why, why, why are you concerned? I mean, you are safe, nothing is happening to you. People uh, are... uh, Ghana here, Ghana is freedom and justice. Ghana, democracy is working. Because Ghana, everybody, whether you are citizen, whether you are not citizen, Ghana, they like everybody. They like in democracy. So that's why Ghana, peace, freedom and justice in Ghana here. So Ghana, that's why Ghana go forward. Ghana is moving, it's motherland, it's fatherland. Ghana is for everybody. So that's what you want in your country too? Yeah, that's what you want in your country too. Because who like, who likes soldier law? Who likes oh, you, want, you all want democracy? We need democracy. That's why we came here. If a part of no democracy, we can't come here because it's not soldier law. So that's why we are here. So please, they should try for us. But, but, but some say that what is happening is not making people safe. Are, are you not aware of that? All that is their line. Who that going to protect uh, the country? The soldiers people, they're supposed to protect the people of the country. So far as the president buy everything for them, they buy guns, they buy army cars, they buy everything for them. They should wake up, they should protect their country for us. But now, I'm exactly going to say something to you. Since that these soldier people come, about seven times they are killing the soldiers. You that you say that you drop the president, you that you say, you that you say, you, you drop the president because of things that is going. But now that this is making land, this is making rough in Niger. I think that since they come, it's two weeks, get out to three weeks. They kill soldiers, almost 150 soldiers in Niger. But why are you the soldier? Wake up to go fight the terrorists. Wake up to go fight the Book Haram. Let's have, let's have more people join us. There are some women also here. Please, this is my mother. Yeah. Going to but, 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 I, I, I mean, looking at, looking at your age, um, you, should be a, you, should have been, you should have been at home. Why are you here? Why did you leave home to come and join the people? I'm in Tengrisho, how's that? Maybe you can help help with the translation. So, I, I'm, I'm just asking... My you name know. is Hadiza Tuyisami Father. I am a Nigerian, but I'm born in Ghana. You don't lack uh, soldiers. You don't lack soldiers. You lack soldiers to go bush. Soldiers will not them bush and come. Their children will not take 
present. We don't like soldier presence. So the message is clear. The message is that they don't want the, the military intervention. They want the military back in the barracks for democracy to be reinstated in their country. There are some leaders. So, so he said, he said that the, the soldier people should go back to the bush, and we don't want it in the country. They should go back. We want peace in our country. See, so that's the resounding message that we have here. Lots of people asking for democracy and asking people, uh, of course, especially the military uh, regime in Niger, to hand over power. That, that's the message that, you know, all of the citizens of Niger who are gathered here, right, um, opposite the Nigerian uh, embassy have been calling for asking that they want the reinstatement of President Mohamed Bazoum. So you can see uh, that's a picture uh, of the deposed President Mohamed Bazoum, who is in your shot there. And the, the point is they want the reinstatement of Mohamed uh, Bazoum as the president of the country. Uh, let's uh, engage some more persons who are here with us. Hello, sir. Good morning. Um, I see that you were supposed to be in the office by now, but you've decided to come out. Why? We, don't, we don't need soldier. Soldier, we now we are in democracy. We need democracy. Africa, the whole Africa, we need democracy. Soldiers, we need we don't, we need soldier. We don't want you don't want this time. No, 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 no. But we saw them in the stadium. Lots of people came out to support them. Is that not an indication that they are working? No, no, no. They, this one is a calibuli. It's not right. So now we need our president to come back to his, his seat because yeah, what these soldiers did is kidnapping. It's no cool. So we need our president. We need Bazoum. We need Bazoum. Okay. See, that's the message. They need President Bazoum back in power. And that's the message you find from the leadership of the group. And the message is one that they want the reinstatement uh, of, of uh, President Mohamud. Uh, well, so they're about to make a declaration. Let's just take that. And then we'll, we'll take that from them. Yeah. I'm the one way to talk the So Mohamed ainsi que des leaders politiques, dont le président du parti, Fumoka Igado. La gente finance les manifestations en sa faveur pour légitimer une plus de pouvoir par la force. Pire, avec, la, avec sa caution, les paisibles citoyens vivent dans la, paix, dans, dans la peur de vandalisme, d'attaques et autres intimidations, tout comme la gente fait subir au président de la République démocratiquement élu des pires des humiliations avec une, un isolement total. L'insécurité et, et le terrorisme, première conséquence de la prise d'otage 
empêchant au président de la République, Mohamed Bazoum, d'exercer librement ses fonctions. En seulement, en seulement deux semaines d'entrave, en seulement deux, deux semaines d'entrave du chef d'État, chef suprême des armées, nous avons enregistré des attaques complexes de terroristes sur des positions militaires qui ont fait tomber nos braves soldats, les FDS et des civils tués sauvagement. Des localités comme Goubal, Wabila, Ondobon, Kantanga, Samira, Sanam et enfin tout récemment en Makolondi qui fait état de 17 soldats massacrés. Voici le bilan du général Chani. À cet effet, la section, la section du PND Stareya Ghana apporte son soutien ferme de la au président de la République, Mohamed Bazoum, exige la libération sans condition de notre cher président et la restauration dans ses fonctions. Dénonce l'usage du titre du président de la République à un individu qui a suspendu la constitution ainsi que toutes les institutions de la République. Demande à l'Organisation des droits de l'homme d'exiger la gente, le respect des principes sacro-saints de la préservation de la dignité et de la personne humaine. Vive le président de la République, Alège Mohamed Bazoum. Vive le PND Sareya. Vive le Niger. Je vous remercie. All right, so there you have it. Um, just trying to make sense of uh, some of the issues that uh, he's pointing out to, uh, making the point, uh, first of all, and asking uh, that uh, the preservation of the dignity of uh, human people must be um, upheld. Uh, it's part of the message that was sent by, uh, you know, the Nigerian community uh, here in Ghana. Uh, and I just want to quote portions of what has been said. And uh, we can just engage the president of the community uh, here in Ghana. Uh, good morning to you, sir. Good uh, morning. Why, why are you not happy about what's happening? Uh, so you do the translation for us. Um, why are you not happy about what's happening today? That's what we know happened. Ici, président Mohamed Bazoum, c'est un emblème man, c'est un bon man. We know get président like Mohamed Bazoum. If Mohamed Bazoum stay in Niger like 10, uh, 10 years, all Niger will develop. But how the soldier come and destroy Niger, we don't like. Uh, you don't like it. I, I don't like. My people do not like. Nigerian people do not like. Is that, is that affecting your business? Onion business. You know, but it affects everything. Because now, say, if you go take a goose for Niger, you won't come. Now the goose is there for border. You know, they come. Oh, really? Plenty of people lost money. Plenty of people lost in business. Then the person can't, they hand empty. You can't poor man because of the goose of the border. Who bring that in? Only be the soldier we bring up. Niger, we don't enjoy. Everything is cheap. Food is cheap. But the soldier come now, food is coarse. Electricity, no electricity. It cross border. Hey, nothing no go go inside. Nothing no the move for Niger now. What's your message to your people in Niger? My people for Niger, make them support uh, Bazoum Mohammed. Make it come back. Make at with the, at the talk to the soldiers to make them to listen, to hand over the power give to uh, Mohammed Bazoum. Only Bazoum go solve Niger people problem. But I know be soldier. Soldier no go fit solve Niger problem. People say Bazoum is not good. Bazoum is very good. My it's politics. Bazoum is very good. Me, me tell you say Bazoum is good.
Because we don't have any problem. It lacks any everybody. You don't have a racism. If we lack only Nigerian, uh, you know, it's good, very good. If Bazoom is not good, me and I go come stay here and talk to make Bazoom come back. What's your name, sir? My name is Alhaj Ali Dumbai. Alhaji Ali. I'm chairman of Pendes Taria for here, Ghana. Alhaji, thank you so much for talking to us. So many of them are still here. Uh, gentlemen, uh, there's a young gentleman with us here. Let's uh, also engage him. Good morning to you, sir. Uh, so I see you're not happy about the, the yes, yes, we gather here that we are not happy what is going in Niger because of the soldier making the coup Chinese. But what is going is not fair, it's not right. Because people make voting to bring Bazoum to be a, their president. Now he take the gun, bring Bazoum down. He want to be president. That is not right. If he, if Ghan will bring president, everybody will be president because. But you, they say that you know you the young people. They say you the young people. You don't have job in Niger, so the military want to you know create a better economy for you. Uh, only okay. That one I have question for you on that matter. Okay, for only this year that the young the young boys they don't have working in Niger or for long because for him he working with Isaac Muhammad. He's the bodyguard for him. Okay. Okay, so at that time, the young people, they have working or they don't have? That's what I'm asking, okay? okay he so, said, so it's not true? Uh, it's, it's not true. It's not true. Everybody know you, you are Ghanaian. Eh? How many Niger people, young people you see here for long? Even 10 years back? Uh, uh, you don't see them. You see them here. Eh? Uh -huh. Okay, he, he's the one cause problem more than all the president in Niger. Because no president come in Niger, they close the borders. No president come in Niger that they close the airport. No food is going. No medicine is going. People are dying for anger. Yeah? Yesterday, yesterday I asked some man in Niger side, he's selling food. I asked him how much is the millet, the bag. Millet, one bag. That is 30, that, that is... 33,000 safer. 33,000 safer. So, so the goods are not coming back. The goods are not coming into Ghana. They are not coming. They are not coming. They are not coming. They are not going. So how can you say you love people? That's why you come. If I say I love you, but I will keep you, you will not have food. Can you agree with that? I don't think that will make sense. So what message do you want to send out here? What the message that I want to change that, uh, send them to that? Truly, they should let Bazum come back because Bazum is the president that everybody make voting to bring him. Okay, okay, but the military, if, if you get you got, go and fighting with the jihadists. We get the jihadists plenty. Even you say Niger is not peaceful, you come, they kill more than 200 people. Yeah? So what that, is, what, what is more than that? Uh, and that's a message from the young man there, but let's speak to Alaji, who's uh, also present. Salam alaikum. I've been there some kuzunan. About the guest care Allah, by Muslim. I'm so I a milking soldier now. Bazu Mikeso Bazu Mukaso, I am Kuri and Maida, the Dangaskia Bamujin Daddy. I've been the Kungaya Zonanga, Kolebi Rebi Mamizo. Who are the Kwa Bazu Ekoso? Ogen, your son Allah, your son, come out. Come. We don't want.
And we're live on the Joy News uh, channel. Thanks to all of you who have been staying with us uh, throughout the period. Uh, this is our special coverage of the uh, meetings that are just uh, about wrapping up uh, a committee of the uh, you know, Chiefs of Defence staff who uh, have been engaging about uh, the possible activation of an ECOWAS force. Um, we know that in a few moments from now, a communique uh, will be issued by the sub-regional body, uh, the Economic Community of West African States, ECOWAS, which is uh, indicating its readiness to deploy the military um, contingent into the Republic of Niger. We do not know what the um, final decision will be, uh, but any moment from now we'll be uh, crossing or giving you a live feed of that uh, address that will be done publicly uh, to engage the media on the way forward. As to the time, we're not sure of the time uh, when this deployment will be done, but we have confirmed from the sub-regional body, uh, ECOWAS, that indeed... Um, the military will be on standby and all countries will be contributing their troops once uh, the what goal is giving. Uh, so we'll be engaging some of the uh, experts who are here uh, with us, our guests who are also joining us to do the discussion. Uh, in a few moments from now, we will definitely get to know what the outcome will be. Uh, when we started, Ambassador Fatal was with us. Uh, today, fortunately, we have him uh, joining us back again. Uh, and it's been a very busy schedule for you, Ambassador, I believe, uh, because uh, you, you've been quite busy, right? It's been a busy schedule for you. Quite. Yes. You know, yeah. Quite, but uh, satisfying. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, when we were interacting with you, you indicated to us that there was a unity of purpose, a sense of unity uh, on your part, uh, and you saw that through uh, across, I mean, all the chiefs of defense staff were engaging in this meeting. Has anything changed over the last 48 hours? No. Uh, you know, even uh, it is beyond even our expectation. All the member states have committed, you know, something very concretely, all of them. And uh, yesterday, we had the arrival also of Guinea-Bissau, you know, to join us. Oh, really? oh, yes. So everybody is here, and everybody has committed something, you know, for the mission. So uh, we are very pleased with it, yeah. But like I said, this is a plan B, okay? We are ready, you know, but uh, uh, we still give peace a chance. We want them uh, to come forward with very concrete uh, you know, sort of proposal for a peaceful resolution of the crisis. Yeah, and that begins by them receiving a mission from ECOWAS. Now, you were pointing out to me that uh, the regime, the military regime, was not willing to engage the um, envoys that ECOWAS deployed. Do you get a sense that they are changing their minds now? Yes. The, over the last couple of days, we've already received assurances that they are ready to receive a mission. You know, so we'll take them at their word. Okay, that's so, a new development. That's a new development, yeah. You know, that uh, they are ready to engage and we will oblige them. You know, so that is it. Uh, all we want is to make sure that the writing is done, constitutional order is restored. Uh, we don't want to go the military route, right? So we are giving every opportunity for the peaceful option to work. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so uh, what I would say is that there is so much uh, orchestrated and organized resistance and everybody is focusing on the military option, military option. This is not the preferred option of ECOWAS. Okay, so uh, 
I would appeal to the media and all people who actually love the region, the regional integration, you know, to wait for official information from the Equals Commission and not be uh, tempted by, you know, this social media, you know, they say, when this meeting was postponed last week, they said, oh, the Asantehene told uh, President Nana Kufuado that Ghana should never take part in this, so, you know, uh, others are saying that the Nigerian Senate has rejected the decision. The president of Nigeria has never requested authorization from the Senate. But we have people saying the Nigerian Senate has rejected it. In Ghana, they say uh, Otum 4 has rejected it. These are all fake news. It's all elements of fake news. And then, uh, you know, they're trying to deceive people and then to present ECOWAS like a warmongering institution. Okay, now the opportunity is here, at least we have you um, joining us for a conversation, so you are in a position to either confirm or deny some of the reports that we're hearing. Yes. Um, we're hearing of a date that you have arrived at to deploy the force, is that correct? No, that is not correct. We have not arrived at a date to deploy the force, and, and I'm not going to speculate on it. That is not our decision, right? These are the uh, military chiefs of the region who are meeting. They, you, you see, when you are going into a military operation, there are plan B, plan A, plan C, and others. And you choose the scenario depending upon development. So I cannot tell you that we've chosen a day to, you know, to, yeah. That is... Um, an ambiguity will always keep, okay? And it is up to the heads of state because this report will definitely go to the head of, heads of state one way or the other. And uh, depending upon the outcome of our uh, diplomatic engagement, you know, then we can activate, you know, the whole operation. Okay, so it is there as a, as a reserve plan. Yeah, we are not just saying that, oh, after Accra, we are just already, the tanks are going to start rolling. Let's talk about the contribution of the troops. Um, the defense minister indicated to me at the time the UK foreign minister arrived in Ghana that Ghana stands ready to, you know, commit um, its troops to this exercise. Are you getting, you know, the same commitment from other countries and what are the numbers looking like? I think I've already answered that question. Yeah. We've gotten concrete commitment from all the members. You haven't put a figure out? Yeah, we, no. We have the figures. We have everything. But I'm not going to tell you. But you need to be transparent. This is the ECOWAS. Uh, you're funded by taxpayers. Yes. Why are you not being transparent about it? No, we are not because we don't want to give the enemy advanced information as to our intentions, as to our capabilities. We know their capabilities. I think we are keeping ours as a, a top secret, a military secret. So I cannot, what I can tell you is that we have adequate forces to carry out the operation if need be. How about the cost? $2.3 billion uh, at the last check we did. Um, what's the cost from your perspective? Um, <laughs> you, you don't want to doubt the figures. <laughs> no, uh, listen, uh, the $2.3 uh, billion that you are talking about, it was not for the operation in Niger. The 2.3 billion is for the first year's operation of the Equa standby force for the counter-terrorism operation. 
this is a different thing. This is what I'm seeing. In fact, the events in Niger have already uh, distracted from what was the original plan of ECOWAS. We were already uh, what, uh, activating the kinetic force to fight terrorism, to help these same countries fight terrorism. And then this coup occurred. So our attention has been diverted. The 2.3 billion was the estimated cost of a year's operation of the kinetic force to fight terrorism. Yeah. And I, like I said yesterday, this mission is going to be backstopped by contingent owned equipment. Every, every country... 2.3 billion is not accurate. Uh, that you, well, it could be 2.3 billion, it could be 3 billion, it could be, you know, anything. But the thing is that we have adequate resources to make sure that we can sustain um, an intervention for the, uh, for the period that the chiefs of defense staff have decided. We have enough resources. Okay. Uh, the meeting is about wrapping up. Um, we understand there will be a communique, so you have some foreknowledge. What, what are the marching orders now um, after the meeting wrap up, wraps up? The Chiefs of Defense staff meetings do not conclude with communiques. No. Right. Yeah, so uh, we are going to meet the press and then give them the broad outlines of what the meeting has been. In terms of the report of the meeting, it goes straight to our heads of state. You know, that is uh, an operational secret, strategic secret, you know, within ECOWA. That is not going to be divulged under no circumstances. So you have briefed, in other words, President Bola Ahmed Tinubu and, I believe, your host country, President Anadu Dankwa Kufado? All the heads of state who have committed, and it is all of them, will have copies of this. They have got a way of communicating among themselves and then, you know, together with the Chiefs of Defense Staff. And whose chair today is uh, General Christopher uh, Gwabeng Musa of Nigeria. Yeah, so he is the, like our Commander-in-Chief right now, right? Yeah, yeah so uh, he will present it to the heads of state, the host country of court, uh, uh, Nana uh, Adudankwa Kufuadu is a very uh, senior member of the uh, Heads of State Fraternity in the region. Uh, he was for two years the chair of the Equals Authority, so he is very much committed to this. That is why all these stories about, uh, you know, Ghana is not going, uh, this has done, this. this is all fake news. You know, so, yeah, so we are determined. Ambassador, let's wrap up um, with the concerns in relatively stable democracies such as Ghana. Just this morning, outside the embassy of the uh, Republic of Niger, uh, some of the Nigerians are uh, massing up in front of the embassy and demanding the reinstatement of President Mohamed uh, Bazoum. Yes. Is that still on the table for ECOWAS as you move in, as you have indicated, to dialogue with the military regime? We are going to have this uh, dialogue. We've never shut the door to dialogue, right? But like I told you, uh, the uh, uh, social media give the impression that uh, Niger is a monolith. Everything is smooth. There are fishes, even within the country, you know, today. You know, so army uh, uh, generals are being dismissed in the country. Those who don't support the regime are being, uh, you know, uh, sidelined. And this is based on whose account? Whose account? Yeah. We have our intelligence. We have our intelligence on the ground. 
and this is what is happening. And then terrorism, uh, you know, ha there is an uptake in terrorism since the takeover. Uh, I mean, you might have seen that about 27 or so soldiers were killed with several others wounded. Uh, this was not the case a few months ago. So you can see all the uh, sort of uh, negative forces in the country, terrorist groups and others, are taking advantage of the confusion, you know, in the country. Yeah. And you should also remember one thing. People say uh, the other countries in the region are supporting them. Have you heard, you know, a country like Guinea siding with uh, Burkina Faso and uh, Mali and say that the three of us support this and that? You haven't heard that. You know, so uh, Guinea is not here because automatically Guinea is under sanctions because of the coup. And we are also encouraging them to, uh, you know, sort of move towards restoration. So, so what of message do you have for the Nigerians who are protesting in Ghana today? Well, you know, of course, they, it, it, that is the beauty of democracy. They have to demonstrate, uh, you know, that is it. So uh, uh, that, is, that is why uh, we are telling, uh, you know, these military people that uh, you, the presidential guard, eh, who is supposed to uh, keep watch over the president, you go and capture a helpless president who is under your care, and then you label that as a revolution, as an insurrection. I mean, this is just the okay, I thought that would have been the last one, but I was engaging with the chief of staff of Niger, um, the deposed chief of staff last night. Yeah. Um, he indicated that the international community and by extension ECOWAS recognizes only President Mohamed Bazoum and his government. Is that the case? ECOWAS recognizes the president of Mohamed Bazoum. And we still consider that. Uh, we have a hostage situation in the country. But that may be an affront to the military regime. Uh, an affront? Uh, what they have done is the affront they've to appointed, the... They've appointed new officials. We don't recognize them. And they are all going to be under sanctions. All of them. Civilian, military, whoever touches the regime will be sanctioned. This is what we are saying. If you are talking about uh, effrontery here, it is they. They actually... Uh, you know, being the offenders, yeah, uh, flouted their constitution, flouted protocols, a country that was uh, probably the better of all the Central Sahelian countries in terms of uh, ethnic diversity, uh, managing diversity, uh, in terms of even fighting terrorism and other things. And then, you know, so uh, what is the justification? We've seen in other places where civilian regimes have been overthrown based on the fact that they are not able to deal with security and since the military came security is insecurity is rather cascading across the country you know so this is the irony of it the military which should fight terrorism is overthrowing a civilian government because terrorism is uh, spreading in the country so what is their primary role is it, a, is it politics or is it defense of the territory Final word, uh, you know, that uh, ECOWAS is very determined yet to reverse the contagion of coup d'etats in the region and to uh, uphold the, uh, what are the protocols of ECOWAS. And we are very determined and we are on that path. So Niger is no exception and we'll make sure the situation there is reversed.
Thank you. Uh, for spending some time with us. And uh, you're still live on the Join News channel. Uh, we're coming to you live uh, from uh, the Burma camp, which is serving us uh, that bait for the sub regional body ECOWAS and their chiefs of defense staff who are holding uh, their meeting uh, right here. Um, I have uh, joining us now Mukhtar Momoni Mukhtar, who is a security analyst and also uh, the executive director for the West Africa uh, Center for Counter Extremism. Uh, Mukhtar, it's good to uh, have you with us. Thank you. You, we just heard from Ambassador Fatal, who uh, has, uh, of course, made the pronouncement that a lot has changed. This is the very first time we're, in fact, hearing about it, that a lot has changed in the last 48 hours. And the affirmation now is that the military regime in Niger is willing to talk. How is that coming to you? Well, for me, that is refreshing to hear from Ambassador Musa that there's a new, I mean, dynamic, this, I mean, this changing. And this is refreshing to all of us, and I'm very pleased that we're moving, you know, we're moving somewhere. We're getting somewhere uh, with diplomacy instead of the, you know, the seeming obsession with the military intervention that we've been engaged in in the last couple of weeks. And so I'm very happy, and I'm hoping uh, that glimmer of light that we're seeing in terms of diplomacy, uh, I think they have to shift focus in terms of focusing on that to see how we can expand that channel to avoid the military situation that we've been very, very interested in. But, but this is what's interesting. ECOWAS says now the military uh, junta is willing to talk. And at the same time, they do not recognize some of the decisions taken by the military. That's strange, isn't it? Of course. In principle, ECOWAS has to clearly state their abhorrence to this uh, I mean, July 26th action in Niger and that everything that comes with it, all the elements that come with this action is deemed illegitimate. And so, in principle, ECOWAS does not recognize any action taken by this military regime in place. And so it's, it is, it's in order that he shows that clearly, that ECOWAS does not re recognize, you know, the appointments that have been made, the decisions that have been made. And so, I mean, it's in order. But at the same yeah, time... Making that not, statement, making that statement just hours after, exactly. you know, deciding to negotiate with, with, yeah, with the we, military team, it's not fair. We, we should not overemphasize on those things, because those things undermine the goodwill that is required to ensure that diplomacy works. Maybe he could have avoided that because when you do that, you further deepen, you know, the cracks that has, I mean, you know, prevented you from getting audience with the military leadership. If you remember, several days, I mean, the last few days, I have been making commentary on this and trying to explain why we haven't had a way with diplomacy. It's because the initial response of ECOWAS included the element of a no-fly zone and military intervention, which was a complete departure from what ECOWAS has done in the previous three occasions. And when you do that, especially emphasizing on that in subsequent conversations, it creates you know, a situation of ill will or lack of good faith in terms of the other party in negotiations. So this element, the element of, you know, discrediting the decisions of the military leadership can have that effect on negotiations. Let's talk about um, the protests that we witnessed um, at the Nigerian uh, embassy earlier today. Uh, what, what do you think is necessitating this? Uh, because these are Nigerians. None of their counterparts has been harmed, killed, injured. And um, the military regime says, well, things are going on as usual. So why should they be worried? Why, why should, should they be hosting uh, this protest? You feel it's on good grounds? Of course. I mean, if you're a citizen, not only the citizens of Niger, but 
you know, several people, millions of people within the sub-region are concerned about the potential military situation in Niger. And I think all of us have to be very concerned about what can potentially happen if we engage militarily. And so it's in order that it is understandable that they will feel, you know, uh, they will feel encouraged to stage a protest of this nature to ensure that, you know, the actors within the region are listening to them and could step back from engaging in military action. And of course, you are the executive director for the West Africa Center for Counter-Extremism. Uh, your network's expanding to Niger. Uh, what details or information or intelligence would you say you're picking uh, on the current political situation as we speak? First of all, there is no any uh, insecurity situation in Niger from the, you know, the information we are picking up on the ground. There isn't any situation of insecurity or attacks. Uh, people are going about largely normal their daily lives. But people are very anxious about what ECOWAS's decision would be from this engagement that has, you know, that began yesterday. Uh, they are very anxious of a potential military situation, intervention in Niger. And what we are picking up is that there's a potential of a backlash on citizens of ECOWAS countries that are part of this action that could take place. And that prominently includes Ghana and Nigeria. You fear reprisals on Ghanaian citizens, nationals? Exactly the situation. These are things, you know, people have mentioned that it could, it could happen. And it's actually something that is, you know, prepared for. If ECOWAS, announce, if ECOWAS announces today that there's going to be military action in Niger and there are indications of preparations, we're going to see appraisal, you oh, okay. know, appraisals, you know, in, in, in Niger against and, 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 Nigeria. And I'm just wondering what the options will be for, um, for instance... Bola Ahmed Tinubu of Nigeria and um, the likes of, um, you know, President Akufuado, who's hosting, obviously, as the head of state for the Republic of Ghana now. Knowing that there's a new development, um, the military junta is willing to talk now. Should these West African leaders be receiving, I mean, uh, rescinding the, the earlier decision, the earlier stance to going with force and to restore constitutional order? So I, I don't want to, uh, you know, focus on the inconsistencies and seeming contradictions in terms of uh, some of the communications that, that, I mean, that is coming out. But as it is now, uh, we are very excited. I'm personally excited that there is that sense that ECOWASM military leaders are willing to engage. And so what the leadership needs to do is to help expand that window of diplomacy to ensure that we focus all our energies and all our expertise in trying to make diplomacy work. And that can help us avoid the military intervention option that we're looking at right now. But of course, if I were in the position of ECOWAS, this would not immediately translate into stepping back from you know, deploying or using the military intervention as an option. I would ensure that I put in all the necessary measures and the logistics that are, that are required to ensure that when things, set, things get set for deployment, we would be in a good position to do that. But I, personally, I do not think, I mean, I do not favor the option of military intervention. But of course, I do not support the military uh, action, the military action by the military leaders in Niger. We need to use diplomacy and use all peaceful means to ensure that we reverse the events of 26th of July. I see. And I don't know uh, where you're watching us from, but uh, some showers here, probably showers of blessings, uh, <laughs> leading possibly to uh, the, the announcement that we're just um, receiving from Ambassador Fatal uh, that uh, they are willing to talk. But let's talk about the capacity of um, ECOWAS if indeed um, you know things reverse the situation turns around and the decision is to go in with force do we have that capacity as as his asserting that ECOWAS will go in fully funded and they would of course um, support and contribute their own troops the ideas or the actions of war I mean it goes beyond just uh, the financial aspects of it
it goes beyond that. Uh, in the last few days, we've had a lot of numbers that have been put around, you know, bundled around in terms of capacity. And we're looking at numbers that, of course, if put together, uh, are significant in, in principle to engage, you know, effectively in Niger. But I tell you, it's, it goes beyond numbers. If you look at what happened in, in Afghanistan since September 11th, America has deployed over 700,000 forces in there. The overall numbers, we're looking at a little over 1 million people. But the outcomes have been very, very disastrous. We've had similar situations of military interventions, you know, in the last, you know, maybe in the last 15 years, 10 situations of military engagements that have not been that effective. It doesn't really matter what the numbers are. It goes beyond that. You have to look at the issues of goodwill and legitimacy. How willing are the, you know, how much goodwill does this action, you know, uh, provoke from the local population? Today, as we speak, I can tell you within Niger, within the entire West African space, including even Nigeria and Ghana, this action does not command enough legitimacy and goodwill for them from the local population. And the same would translate into the forces, the forces who would directly engage. They would not have enough, you know, goodwill, you know, to withstand any, you know, potential consequences that come from engagement. So it goes beyond that. And we have to look at the bigger goal, the bigger picture. What are the potential consequences of, you know, the fallout? What is the magnitude of it in terms of capacity to distract and to destroy? Uh, we've been told that the objective of this exercise is to have President Bazoum reinstalled. But is that all there is to this intervention? What are that, the operational objectives yeah. of the intervention? If you are not clearly certain, if you can't de define clearly what the operational objectives are, you have a potential situation of what we call in military terms, you know, mission creep. Mission creep is a situation where, you know, you go beyond your intended original objectives and duration of operation. And that can lead that into very catastrophic consequences like we saw in the situation of Iraq and Afghanistan and Libya today. It was, it's far, far beyond what was originally intended. So there was no resources to, to further sustain that operation. And that's uh, Mukhtar Mouni Mukhtar, Executive Director for the West Africa Center for Counter-Extremism. This is the Pulse on the Joy News Channel. Uh, we're coming to you from Burma Camp. Uh, in a few minutes uh, from now, we'll be hearing that announcement or a press briefing by ECOWAS. Uh, but I must also point out that yesterday, uh, we got wind of that information, crucial one, of course, that the chief of staff of Mohammed Bazoum was able to escape the coup d'etat. He was, in fact, uh, at the center of the events when, when they were happening. Uh, he made his way into Nigeria and subsequently has found his way into Ghana. Uh, I caught up with um, the chief of staff of uh, President Mohammed Bazoum last night here in Accra. Uh, he had some deep revelations about how the president is also uh, faring as of now and what he thinks about the military intervention in Niger. Um, probably we, we could just take a listen to that interview uh, with um, the chief of staff of um, Niger. He's now deposed. He says he's still at post. So we listen to that interview. I will get back to Mukhtar Mouni Mukhtar for, for his thoughts. Let's listen in. I don't need to ask you how you're doing because obviously things are not too well for you uh, and the Nigerian public. But let's start off with how you made it into Ghana. What was your story? How did you leave Niger even when the coup happened when you were in that country? How did you run for your life and, and, and to make it right into the Republic of Ghana? 
thank you for uh, uh, thank you for everything. But before answering your question, yeah. I want to correct something. Right. I'm not the former chief of staff and the chief of staff of the president of the Republic of Niger. You don't accept that Muhammad, you've been deposed? Mohamed Bazoum, who is still the elected president of Niger, then is not the former president. He is the president of the Republic of Niger, the elected one. This uh, attempt to to depose yes. him is still ongoing and it will finish in uh, So you don't even accept days. that you've been deposed? No. Bazoum is still the president of the Republic of Niger, recognized by all the countries in the world, except, of course, Mali and Burkina Faso, that are in the, the same situation. But you can't go back home now because your president is no more. There's a new prime minister, there's a new cabinet. Il n'y a pas de premier ministre, il n'y a pas uh, de nouveau cabinet. Tout ça est nul et de nul effet. Mm. Uh, le président Mohamed Bazoum est le président de la République du Niger et le seul président de la République du Niger reconnu par tous. Mm. So basically what he's trying to say, and for those of you who may not understand is that they do not accept uh, being the former chief of staff. He does not first of all accept that there's a new cabinet. He does not accept that there's a new president. He does not accept uh, that there's a new leader of the Nigerian people. All he accepts right now is the fact that there is only one president in the Republic of Niger, and that is President Mohamed Bazoum, who was democratically elected. Now, I'm going to ask you about President Mohamed Bazoum because I need to ask you how he's doing right now, how he's faring. After the coup d'etat happened, you were there trying to fight back. It didn't work, so you left, but he's being detained now. How is he feeling now as we speak? The uh, President of the Republic va très bien. Il a le moral très haut. Et il est prêt à se battre pour la démocratie, pour la liberté, pour la justice au Niger. Donc le président de la République va très bien, il a le moral très très haut. Certes, les conditions de vie euh, sont déplorables parce que depuis l'événement du 26 juillet, la jeune euh, a mis tout en œuvre pour le démoraliser, mmh. euh, pour le faire ramener à un état réduit, ouais. mais c'est sans compter sur euh, sa force morale. Okay, so basically he's making the point that when you talk about President Mohamed Bazoum, he's in high spirit, good spirit. Um, in fact, morally, his morale is high. He's not down or, you know, um, dampened. His spirit is not dampened by the fact that there's a new military junta that is controlling the country. Except to say that he's been detained. And naturally, when you're detained, your rights are restricted. You do not have the right to move. You do not have the right to make certain uh, natural, you know, adjustments which he, who he would have done um, when he was head of state. So that is the only confinement in which he finds himself, except to say that he still believes that he's the president of the republic and is in good spirit. I guess that's the, the, the point of what you, the point you're making. Now, you're saying that he's in good health. If he's in good health and he's in a high morale, he's been deposed by the military junta. And we've seen the military junta receiving a lot of support. I don't know if it's just my impression, but they, are, they seem to be receiving a lot of support. You, you take a look at when the coup happened, they staged the rally at a stadium. And in that stadium, lots of people filling up the stadium to capacity. It does suggest that there's just something right with this coup d'etat and the military regime that is controlling. People appear to be supporting them. Is that not the case? 
Sur ça, ce que je veux vous dire, d'abord, sachez que dans des situations comme ça, c'est toujours le populisme qui prend le dessus sur tout ce qui est rationnel. Alors, donc, la jeune nigérienne n'a pas fait exception. Quand il y a eu le coup d'État, la vraie manifestation s'est tenue le premier jour du coup d'État. Il y avait eu une manifestation spontanée. Moi, j'étais dans la manifestation, j'avais conduit cette manifestation. C'était des milliers et des milliers de Nigériens qui étaient sortis pour dire non au coup d'État. Ils ont tiré à barre réelle sur les gens. Quatre personnes étaient sévèrement blessées. C'est ce qui a démotivé les gens ce jour-là. Après, eux-mêmes, pour se donner bonne conscience, ils ont organisé un simulacre de manifestation où ils ont pris toutes les nouvelles recrues des, des militaires, les nouveaux, nouvellement recrues, yeah. et leurs familles qu'ils ont habillées en t-shirt. Certains d'ailleurs n'ont pas eu le temps de, de se déshabiller, d'enlever leurs habits militaires pour mettre leurs habits civils quand ils sont venus à la manifestation. Et si vous regardez, quand ils ont attaqué l'ambassade de France, celui qui a été blessé au pied que vous voyez dans les manifestations qu'on avait prises, c'est un colonel major de l'armée. Donc, les manifestants ne sont pas des gens, euh, des civils qui sont contents, euh, la plupart qui sont contents euh, du régime militaire. Why you are giving so? Why, why so? Euh, parce que c'est ce que je veux de vous dire. La plupart des manifestants, quand vous regardez même à la télévision, ils ont encore le treillis militaire, le t-shirt militaire. Et celui qui a été blessé à l'ambassade de France le jour où ils ont fait la grande manifestation, parce que le, euh, la riposte a fait que les gens étaient obligés de tirer des gaz lacrymogènes sur eux, il y a un qui était blessé au pied, c'était un colonel major de l'armée. Donc ça veut dire que la plupart des manifestants, ce sont des éléments, des nouvelles recrues de l'armée qu'ils ont fait sortir. Ça c'est un premier point. Le deuxième point, sachez que le Niger compte huit régions. Parmi les huit régions, c'est uniquement Niamey où il y a eu des manifestants. Dans toutes les capitales, c'est l'opposition qui est forte en Afrique. Principalement au Niger, l'opposition est très forte à Niamey. Donc ils ont fait sortir les militants de l'opposition. Le parti politique de l'opposition, du leader Hamba Amadou qui est à Paris actuellement, il a écrit une lettre pour demander à ces gens de sortir pour soutenir la manifestation. Donc voilà la manifestation de Niamey. Mais quand vous regardez les, les médias, quand vous regardez les télévisions, vous voyez que dans tous les pays, dans toutes les autres régions, nos gens ont manifesté, y compris à Niamey, où ils ont été okay. tirés so, à barrière. Donc, so, so, so basically, le point que uh, le former chief de staff est making is that uh, we should disregard what is happening uh, on the televisions as we see it, and also making the point uh, that uh, what we have is that the military is just inviting people to create the impression as, as though they have legitimacy, but they do not have legitimacy based on what we're seeing on the screens, and that they are just bringing their cronies and bringing people who align with them to fill the stadium. So we shouldn't believe what we're seeing on the television. Beyond that, the second point is that 
Niamey is the smallest region out of the eight regions that we have in the Republic of Niger. Except to say that when you take a, a look at all, the, all of the regions in the Republic of Niger, Niamey is the smallest, although it is the capital. Now that side has a lot of support from the opposition political parties, and we had leading figures of the opposition political parties that incited the public against uh, President Mohamed Bazoum, a reason for which it is creating the impression as though nationally there is support for the military, except to say that in the capital, as we speak, they do not have support or legitimacy. So that's the point you're yeah. making. Now ECOWAS says that they want to go in and to intervene in this uh, military regime or coup d'etat that we, we've seen uh, in the Republic of Niger. There is a question as to whether or not you believe in that intervention. Lots of criticisms against the decision to intervene. Do you support that move as you know, someone who's worked closely with President Mohamed Bazoum? Do you feel that force is the way to do this by ECOWAS deploying a force to deal with this? Merci pour cette question. Déjà, la première chose que je vais vous dire, la CDAO a pris ces mesures pas de gaieté de cœur. Et c'est des mesures légitimes et légales. La CDAO, dans sa constitution, dans ses statuts et ses règlements, prévoit l'usage de la force en cas de euh, renversement d'un régime démocratiquement élu. Donc la CDAO a bien euh, et dans son rôle en imposant des sanctions contre euh, la junte et aussi en brandissant le, la menace d'utilisation de la force ce qui est tout à fait normal parce que euh, comme je le disais ça fait partie des statuts aujourd'hui si la junte abandonne euh, son projet de prendre le pouvoir par la force, la CDAO va abandonner euh, toutes les sanctions et la force ne sera pas utilisée. Mais comme vous le constatez, ici, mais comme vous le constatez ici, euh, la CDAO est prête à intervenir et ce n'est pas de la blague. Ceux qui doutent, je crois qu'à partir de cet instant, doivent arrêter de douter et savoir que la CDAO est très sérieuse et que si la jeune ne revient pas sur son projet de renverser le régime démocratiquement élu, l'intervention aura lieu comme ça a eu lieu déjà dans plus de quatre pays. Il y a eu la Gambie, il y a eu le, la Côte d'Ivoire, il y a eu Sierra Leone, il y a eu le Libéria. Donc ce n'est pas pour la première fois que la CDAO va intervenir. Et j'aimerais profiter de votre antenne aussi pour dire à ceux qui pensent que c'est une guerre contre le Niger, ce n'est pas une guerre contre le Niger. De la même façon que le coup d'État n'est pas une opération militaire compliquée, le contre-coup d'État de la CDAO aussi ne sera pas une opération militaire compliquée ou bien une guerre contre euh, le Niger. Il n'y aura pas de guerre contre le Niger. La CDAO va intervenir et je peux vous assurer qu'il n'y aura aucune victime que ce soit civil ou militaire, ils vont abandonner leur projet. Okay. Um my colleague uh, Winston uh, Amwa is also listening in. Uh, Winston, you, you want to come in now to explain what he said? Uh, 
basically. Everybody came out, everybody's looking good, displaying their art, beautiful art everywhere. Um, this is my fifth year coming in a row. So I'm here every August for the festival. It's been amazing being with my black people all day, every day. It's been great. It's so fun here. There are a lot of art things to do. So I personally love it. And I love the artworks. I love Chalote 2022. It's fantastic. This year's experience is, uh, is marvelous. It's amazing. It's a little festival, y'all. You ought to be here. The paintings, the people, the Ghanaians were awesome. Everyone, when you're in Ghana, around the same time, make sure you check it out. It's really happening. Smile, hmm? Look lively, okay? Smile, smile! Is the money too small? A bad stomach ruins your day. Don't let it. Take Gastron, your most effective antacid for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer, heartburn, gas pain, flatulence, and indigestion. Hey guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go. Mwah. Can you bring down the smiles more? <laughs> Gastron, effective relief from stomach discomfort. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been written approved by the That's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow. It has a working surface on it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Why? Syntex <laughs> <laughs> was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. 
Syntex Tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Everybody came out, everybody's looking good, displaying their art, beautiful art everywhere. Um, this is my fifth year coming in a row. So I'm here every August for the festival. It's been amazing being with my black people all day, every day. It's been great. It's so fun here. There are a lot of art things to do. So I personally love it. And I love the artworks. I love Chalote 2022. It's fantastic. This year's experience is, uh, is marvelous. It's amazing. It's Chalote Festival, y'all. You ought to be here. The paintings, the people, the Ghanaians were awesome. Everyone, when you're in Ghana, around the same time, make sure you check it out. It's really happening. HD, the new exciting football channel is now available only on HD Plus and brings you football from around the world. Watch Sadio Mane and Daniel Kufitre in the top weekly match of the Bundesliga 1 and DFB Cup, Primera Liga, Copa de la Liga Profesional, see Ronaldo in the Saudi Pro League, as well as daily sports news every other hour. Also, get updated on Messi and Mbappe on PSG TV and many more. Feely Feely on HD Plus Channel 151. HD Plus, the Feely Feely Experience. For crystal clear and thrilling podcasts and live shows, download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MyJoy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Adam Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Well, so you're still with us on the Joy News channel. This is The Pulse, and uh, we're coming to you live from Burma Camp, uh, where ECOWAS is, um, you know, rounding off that meeting, uh, which uh, is happening basically because of the political situation in Niger. Um, a committee of chiefs of defense staff from the West Africa side reaching are converging right in the building where we are now, uh, you know, waiting for that final announcement of um, what the possible outcome of that meeting will be. Uh, the Saab regional body says it is activating its uh, standby military force to restore constitutional order after the uh, President Mohamed Bazoum was uh, ousted. Uh, and uh, the demand now is for the reinstatement of President Mohamed Bazoum. And after his reinstatement, ECOWAS says it is now willing uh, to engage on 
the matter. Uh, but we're just waiting for that final confirmation on what the marching orders will be after uh, 48 hours of, you know, uh, dialogue and, you know, talks between the chiefs of defense staff from across the West Africa Sand region. Uh, I still have our guest um, joining us now, makeshift studio. Uh, probably it's not a studio <laughs> precisely, but uh, we're just managing that for now. Uh, we, you know, we'll be crossing over into that hall where the announcement will be made shortly. But I still have Mukhtar Muni Muta with us here. Uh, Mukhtar, we're, we're just coming back um, from watching that interview with Jibo, uh, who happens to be the uh, deposed chief of staff uh, for the Republic of Niger. He's, he's making a number of claims, first of all. Um, the issue about the military junta and whether or not they have legitimacy. He seems to argue that if you look at the number of regions that um, we have in Niger, there are eight of them. Niamey is the national capital, except to say that it's the smallest region within uh, you know, Niger. Is that, is that a claim that worth exploring uh, from, from the opposition? Well, first of all, in war situations, the communications around war situations are often leading with propaganda uh, from all parties involved. And so uh, to say that the military leadership in Niger doesn't have legitimacy, of course, is what is to be expected because um, this is a leadership, I mean, leadership that has been installed through the use of force, through the use of might to, you know, these two uh, democratically elected governments. And so on that score, it's, it's in order to say they do not have legitimacy in terms of, um, you know, being elected or otherwise. Right. But legitimacy goes beyond just electing people. Legitimacy also has to do with mass appeal, how many people, what kind of, what level of goodwill and support do you enjoy from the people or from the local population? Right. That is a big element of legi legitimacy. Mm -hmm. And we have seen scores of people since 26th of July yeah. uh, protesting on the street in support of the military leadership in place. We've seen people beyond Niger who have demonstrated their support for the military leadership in place. It doesn't mean that there are no cracks within the system. There are definitely elements within Niger who do not support this at all. But what we have seen so far indicates clearly that they are in support of it. And in fact, days after that, when we had you know, the sanctions read out and we had uh, Nigeria actually cut power supply to them. Yeah. Uh, it was meant to weaken the resolve of the, I mean, the cool leaders and also, and also create disaffection yeah. within the local population yeah. against they, them. They, they, and in fact, it has actually bolstered the support for the military leadership. Yeah. And that is what is usual in all cases of you know, uh, military intervention or war kind of situations. The leaders in war kind of situations can use situations you know, to bolster support, mm. to garner support from the local population. That's what is actually playing out right now. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think I've listened to you earlier in the day and, yeah. you, and even yesterday mm -hmm. I had information in there that a lot of citizens are willing, mm. a lot of citizens are willing uh, to support the military leadership yeah. if there is any kind of military action mm. in Niger. Mm. And that is a huge vulnerability, uh, you know, element for all of us mm. because there's a potential yeah. that grassroots elements could be transformed into rebel type groups yeah. to support the military uh, leadership in place in Niger. Mm. And those things, those elements should be part of the conversations uh, when we're looking at the military that, option. Uh, we're seeing signs that we're inching closer and closer to the end of. Uh, the 48 hours yeah. marathon engagement um, between the chiefs of defense staff. I'm sure that any moment from now uh, an announcement will be made. Uh, mm. But the, let's see on the claims of Jibo, uh, because very serious claims. Um, the, the whereabouts of President Mohamed Bazoum and, and the mood in which he is now, it does suggest that Bazoum is not worried about what's happening. 
Some say it's because he knows the world is backing him, the international community is still with him. Uh, they, you know, are finding some safe haven in the cocoon of ECOWAS and the international community, which is, you know, backing um, the Bazoum regime. Well, at the moment, uh, President Bazoum has a wider uh, support, has wider goodwill and support uh, within West Africa and outside of West Africa. So all international actors, you know, uh, you know, would have support for him. So, of course, he knows this very well. But at, at the moment, where he is, he has very, very limited personal options to make in terms of his, you know, his freedom. And so he's counting on regional actors and world leaders to be able to negotiate for his release and possible reinstall. I mean, installation as the president of, of Burkina Faso, I mean, of, of Niger. Niger. But yeah. as it is now, he has very, very limited options. Mm. And we don't know yeah. whether these military leaders are seeking to use him mm. as, you know, as a negotiation tool yeah. to engage with the ECOWAS, which is just what it seems it is. It's going to be uh, a situation of using him as a tool to negotiate yeah. with ECOWAS, mm. because we'll hear through different channels that they are threatening, you know, killing him if ECOWAS intervenes yeah, by way of military. Yeah. And that is a very worrying situation for everyone and we should not you know get to that point is it all over for Bazoum? that's the biggest question uh it is very tricky very tricky at yeah. the moment uh we don't know how things will turn out from now but if you look at the possible situations we just had uh, ambassador musa uh, announce that there has been some news from the military leaders that they are willing to engage yeah. And that can completely change the dynamic that we are looking at. That can completely, you know, uh, move us from the obsession with military option to diplomatic, you know, option. Yes. And that can easily lead to the release of President Bazoum. Yes. And I can tell you, on the table of ECOWAS and all actors in terms of looking at the situation in Niger, yes. number one priority is to release President Bazoum to secure his safety yes. and, and decide other elements of engagement in Niger. Yes. And so that could be a good, you know, yes. situation for him. Yes. Yeah. But then the sub-regional uh, body ECOWAS, uh, mm. it's time for introspection, isn't it? Knowing that, well, you're a body that has over five of your members experiencing you know, a coup d'etat situation in just the last three years. Mm. What are some of the reforms to consider from the position of ECOWAS, the, the immediate needs um, of the um, you know, sub-regional body and some of the reforms that ought to take place immediately? Yes, of course, clearly. Um, ECOWAS knows at the moment, uh, unfortunately, it's, ECOWAS is in a very complex situation, in a very difficult situation, yeah. because in one breath, ECOWAS is in a very weak I mean, situation right now, because if you look at the last three years, the things that have happened within the sub-region, ECOWAS's responses mm -hmm. have been very, very traditional yeah. and, you know, have been very, very ineffective at reversing the trends in those countries. And so ECOWAS came under huge backlash from the local population and even international actors. Mm -hmm. And so they are coming from a position of weakness. Yes. Uh, what do we do moving forward? And that explains why we have seen a different element of measures in dealing with the situation of Niger. Mm -hmm. The inclusion of no-fly zone, the option of military intervention yes. is to show ECOWAS, project ECOWAS as biting enough to yes. deal with regional security problems. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we have to look at the past. What, what led us to this point? ECOWAS missed a lot of opportunities in the past to reform, to tool itself capable of ensuring successful, you know, uh, dealing with security situations yeah. within the sub-region. Today, we do not have any matrix in terms of, in, I mean, indices, in terms of good governance. This is key.
to ensuring that ECOWAS can proactively intervene in situations that prevents us from getting to the situation that Niger is in right now. Yeah. Yeah. The entire West African space is replete with countries that are challenged in terms yeah. of governance, right. in terms of the quality of leadership, mm -hmm. in terms of democracy. Mm -hmm. All these factors are glossed over because, you know, the superiors, the people who champion and commandeer ECOWAS are the beneficiaries of what the status quo is. Yeah. Yeah. If we are bold enough mm -hmm. with technocrats within ECOWAS, be able to design a kind of matrix that measures the health of governance in all these countries. Yeah. You can't tell where we are crossing a red line mm -hmm. and ECOWAS should have a mechanism to intervene mm -hmm. before we get to situations of mm -hmm. coups. Mm -hmm. Today, the conversations are that we should have the situation, we should have mechanisms that prevent us from getting to coup situations. Right. ECOWAS is not talking about mm -hmm. how did we get here? Mm -hmm. What are the factors that led us to this place? Mm -hmm. This is important to prove, I mean, prevent future occurrences of Niger yeah. that we are dealing okay, with. Okay, so let's get to it then. How many more of them are we likely to experience? I, I was speaking to Emmanuel Kwesi-Bedra, a member of the ECOWAS <laughs> parliament. He says the briefing they have, and that's based on uh, ECOWAS' own early warning mechanism and intelligence, that there's the likelihood of two more coup d'etats before the end of the year. Well, I've, I've, I'm not excited about the mm. predictions, yeah. but I do not have anything to dismiss those predictions because I can actually see there are two or three countries that are as vulnerable as these countries that we're looking at. Mm -hmm. And they are vulnerable uh, to the extent that this could happen with even before the I mean, year and within a year. Right. Uh, you just had President, I mean, uh, Ambassador Musa mentioned that, you know, happily mm -hmm. that, you know, Guinea has joined mm -hmm. the meeting. Yes. You know, Guinea has come to join in the meeting. Yeah, and right. so there's wider support for the, the, the kind of exercise that is going on going here. here. But it's understandable that Guinea would want to be part of this. Mm -hmm. Guinea is a very vulnerable, you know, Space. Country, yeah. It's a very vulnerable space. I think uh, they are in the at whole a very the West Africa subregion highest rate of coup d'etat. Exactly. Right. So they, so want, they don't have an option. Yeah, yeah. They do not just want to. They must be part yeah. of this kind of initiatives mm -hmm. to ensure that they are insulated from potential coup situations. And so those things, you know, are realities that we have to look at. There's, you know, other elements within the subregion mm -hmm. that we have to, you know, be very, I mean, very, very worried about. Yeah. And it doesn't help because right now we're talking about reinstalling President Bazoum. Mm -hmm. And what next? And so what would happen after that? Afterwards. Does it end coups in West Africa? No. Coups will continue to happen as long as we continue to let leadership of this region mm -hmm. focus on power and not the people. Right. And that's what we see happening all over the mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. We need to begin to measure the quality of governance, mm -hmm. the quality of democracy, yeah. the democracy we are practicing. Mm -hmm. Is it reflective of the aspirations and the local realities within this context? Right. No. If it is no, how do we retool the democratic you know, system mm -hmm. tool that we're using as a channel for governance? Yeah. We have to begin that conversation in a very, very serious way, yeah. in a manner that ensures that we prevent coups from happening in yeah. this space. Okay, and that uh, Mukhtar Mumuni Mukhtar, Executive Director for the West Africa Center for Counter-Extremism. Uh, we're still at Burma Camp. We're just um, waiting for that announcement from ECOWAS to so tell us uh, what the outcome of that meeting has been amongst the uh, Chiefs of Defense that have drawn from West African countries. Uh, we're also awaiting perhaps some very final comments from Ghanaian officials. Ghana has made its position clear if uh, the regional decides to go ahead with the deployment of their troop um, uh, troops for the ECOWAS standby force uh, we're just waiting for what uh, possibly the outcome may be uh, but we're also uh, you know monitoring the development and waiting to see if uh, there would be any categorical statement on the deployment of forces uh, in the last few hours a lot has changed including the uh, you know indication we're just getting from ambassador Fatal Musa who's pointing out to us uh, that the
indication they are getting from the Nigerian junta is that they are willing now to talk. Initially, ECOWAS said they were repelled by the military regime in Niger, a reason for which they are meeting in Accra today to strategize on the operational methods for that deployment. Now, though, a lot has changed, and we're waiting, uh, obviously, to see what the outcome will be. Mukhtar Muni, uh, Mukhtar is still with us. And Mukhtar, the issue about returning the other military um, regimes to democracy. Everyone now is talking about Niger, but the challenge uh, actually is that you have three more countries that the sub-region has to grapple with. Mm -hmm. There is Mali, there is uh, Guinea, Conakry, there is also uh, Burkina Faso. All of these countries have uh, military dictatorship. That's mm -hmm. the fact, actually. Why are we not talking about them uh, jointly with, with the situation in Niger? See, uh, we appear, it appears that ECOWAS seem to have accepted that this has happened and that we need to work with them uh, to ensure that the timelines that they're working with uh, is implemented. And so there's very little anxiety over what it is that, you know, is going on in those countries. Yes. But in actual fact, from where I sit, in terms of the work we do in, in counterterrorism in West Africa, yes. this military leadership, you know, military regimes that have been, you know, I mean, that, has, that have replaced, the, mm -hmm. you know, their government mm -hmm. are not any better yeah. than the previous governments that were in place. Uh, Burkina Faso came into this space, I mean, because they thought, that the leadership at the time was ineffective, was appalled, I mean, very, very, you know, ineffective at dealing with terrorism. Yeah. They took over. Terrorism didn't reduce. The fatality numbers went up. Attacks mm -hmm. went up. Yeah. Same way with, you know, with the situation of Mali. Mm -hmm. The same way with Guinea. Guinea's issues of governance yeah. is still a huge challenge exactly. to them. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, I can tell you, as we speak now, we are set to record the deadliest region for terrorist violence globally by the end of this year. In the last six months, from January to June this year, we've had over 1,800 attacks, recording over 4,600 fatalities. That's quite a lot. That number mm -hmm. is set to beat the peak of terrorist violence in West Africa, which was between 2014 2015. Mm -hmm. And the number was 7,200 fatalities at the time. Right. And that represents the deadliest year for terrorism globally since mm -hmm. September 11th. Mm -hmm. Today, we are set to exceed that number by close of the year which means the current military leadership in place are not doing anything special or anything mm, better mm, than the previous mm. regimes that they replaced. In fact, the situation is getting worse. And I can tell you, in the last 18 months, we have received more refugees from the Sahelian region mm -hmm. along in coastal states yeah. than we have ever received, apart from the situations of Sierra Leone mm. and Liberian war situations right. that happened. Mm. And that actually puts us in a very, very vulnerable state mm. in terms of our, our regional security. Right. And that should worry all of us. Mm. Look, the issue of military intervention, I mean, the uh, coups mm. are not in any way a better replacement mm. for civilian leadership. Right. But at the same time, mm -hmm. they come as a result of our, our poor response mm -hmm. to the problems that we deal with. Yes. And so it's important that we measure the quality of governance that we have in place, irrespective of whether it's a military kind of leadership mm -hmm. or a civilian kind of leadership. Right. So we're, we're still waiting, and, and that's all we're doing. Uh, but Mukhtar is helping us to understand the dynamics in the West Africa sub-region. It's the reason for which we're here, uh, bringing in the very latest. I'm sure that in a, in a few moments from now, we will be briefed officially uh, on what the fallout of that meeting uh, is, and then we'll call it definitely a day. Uh, I see that there are uh, some indications, uh, obviously, uh, that um, any moment from now, ECOWAS will be 
briefing, um, you know, the general public and, and by extension the SAP region on what it intends to do after today's um, exercise. Uh, you're live on the Joint News Channel. is a special coverage of, uh, you know, the Committee of Chiefs of Defence Staff within the West Africa SAP region. Uh, very shortly, there will be an address and we'll get to know and find out uh, what the outcome of that meeting is. But just to run you by uh, what's been transpiring over the past 48 hours, just yesterday we had the Defence Minister here, Dominic Nitu, joining the Committee of Chiefs of Defence Staff from across the West Africa side region, uh, and pointing out what their position is on the matter. Uh, he made a critical point, and let's talk about Dominic Nitu because that's cr crucial. He made a critical point about the military being loyal to their commanders-in-chief. It does suggest that, uh, you know, that, that the whole decision to stage a coup has got to do with, you know, the kind of pact or relations that the president will have with his presidential guard, isn't it? Well, uh, I think that the idea that the military leaders are loyal to their governments or the executive, it's true. I mean, the, the military leadership within the entire space, you know, I mean, largely are loyal to the executive. Uh, because if you look at the coups that have happened in all the four situations that we're looking at, it was the, you know, the presidential guards that took, you know, undertook these coups and not the, you know, traditional military leadership in place. It tells you that these are individuals around the president who see the rot day in, day out, and see the mess, mm. the plunder, and the corruption, and lack of seriousness in terms of dealing with the problems right. that we're dealing with. Mm. And those kinds of situations right. can move, you know, presidential guards mm. to stage coups like mm. we have seen. The, the traditional military leadership is in the barracks mm -hmm. and providing the you know security for territorial right. space you know for the country mm. they would always be loyal to the, to the president yeah. and the executive team mm -hmm. and that is an order yeah but but then um for for dominic Nitu uh, making and going ahead to say that they need the loyalty to ECOWAS as well and um, what does ECOWAS require beyond just a simple order from you know the president and you know the chairperson of uh, the economic community of west african states to simply say get up and go go and fight i guess it's as simple as that or there's more to of it of course these are matters <laughs> of war these are matters of life and death mm -hmm. these are matters of sovereignty these are matters of generations uh, now and generations yet to come so you cannot just authorize a war as an individual yeah. or a group of people without the consent of the government yeah. and so you need to resort to your you know your representatives mm. to give you that authorization yeah. to be able to engage and so uh, my understanding is uh, to be able to engage in the war effort in Nigeria we would need to seek you know support and approval from our various parliaments to be able to do that because it involves the commission of resources the commission of I mean individuals you know lives and problems I mean and individuals to ensure that we achieve what we're looking to achieve in Nigeria mm. so it wouldn't just come by you know, President Tinubu just authorizing that there should be, you know, deployment in Niger and that would happen. Mm. It has to be with the consent of the mm. government of the entire participating states yeah. in this in this war mm. effort. Let's talk about your expectation going into that address by ECOWAS. What are some of the common issues you'd want to address at this press briefing that we're about to see? So I think that uh, this engagement the last two days, uh, the focus is a very specific thing. Uh, my thinking is it's not 
uh, a general engagement about ECOWAS and ECOWAS's role in Niger. It's a specific type of situation. Yeah. And the objective is how do we contain the Nigerian situation? Mm -hmm. uh, the decision to engage militarily in military intervention or otherwise, mm -hmm. what are the merits and demerits? And then they come out with a conclusion. This is what we've come out with in terms of engaging or dealing with the situation to send the country back to, to normalcy. Mm -hmm. They must have thought about logistics and duration of deployment, timelines of deployment. Yeah. And so what I expect is, uh, I would want to hear that, look, we have decided that in the interest of the, the people of Niger and the interest of the people of the entire West African space, mm -hmm. uh, the military chiefs yeah. have decided that they would intervene mm -hmm. if diplomacy fails. Okay, so let's explore that, that um, you know, uh, point two or, you know, um, second plan or plan B, if we could call it that way, uh, that ECOWAS is now seeking to activate once more. It's not as though they've, they've not done that, but they are doing that for the second time. Uh, and so let, let's see what's different now about going in and opting for diplomacy. What will be different now, looking at what's happening? Well, now there seems to be some sense of goodwill to engage. Mm. And so uh, that would sort of you know, energize the team, the team from ECOWAS and the AU, and all the negotiating uh, members uh, to engage. And I'm sure they may want to even vary the members of the team for negotiation. And once we have the first element of engagement, uh, that can set the stage for a long time, I mean, a long you know, series of engagement right. that can lead to a situation yeah. that we are expecting to see, return the country uh, to, to democratic rule. Yeah. I think the first meeting is important, mm -hmm. and this is the appropriate time. Once you have the signal mm -hmm. that they are waiting, they are, they are ready to engage, yeah. and we want, we want to see that happen. Mm. Is there anything that Ghanaians would, would have to know generally about all that's happening today, and specifically from the position of the West Africa Center for Counter-Extremism? A message, either of solidarity or of peace, if you want to put that across. Yes, I think that um, if you look at what is happening or what has happened since yesterday, uh, it projects Ghana as uh, a regional player, an active, effective regional leader in terms of peace and security. And, this is, and I believe it is not by accident that Ghana has been chosen to host this thing, in spite of the, uh, how ugly or unpopular a decision to intervene may look. But Ghana, actually, it's projected in a very positive way in terms of regional leadership for peace and security. So all of us must feel good about the fact that Ghana is seen in that light. But at the same time, all of us must play a role in the decisions that we make, especially decisions that have an you know, encompassing impact on all of us. We have to contribute and contribute positively to ensuring that we will continue to deepen Ghana's image as a positive regional leader in peace and security. Uh, wars in all these forms you know, are not good from, I mean, I come yeah, from a human security yeah, uh, perspective. Uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. And so if we can do anything and anything to stop or prevent a war situation, a military intervention situation in Niger, we have to do that. Yeah. And citizens need to speak up. Citizens need to, you know, lay before, you know, the public what their views are on this thing to ensure that we prevent a war situation from happening. Yeah. Other than that, we are not tooled in any way to deal with the consequences of having a military intervention. Yeah. Uh, governments are not tooled to, do, to deal with it. Our local population are not psyched and tooled to, yeah. I mean, to handle situations like that. There's no blueprint anywhere within ECOWAS that shows that we can effectively deal with the consequences of a military intervention. Yeah. Yeah. It is only a necessity yeah. that they may, yeah. you know, should all and should 
be able to do mm. this. It's been a long day. Uh, Mukhtar Mumone Mukhtar, Executive Director for the West Africa Center for Counter-Extremism. Thank you uh, Thank for you spending some time uh, with us uh, today. Um, it appears that any moment from now, uh, we'll be expecting that address, uh, which we'll bring to you live on the Joy News Channel. But we're first of all wrapping up uh, with the polls here on the Joy News Channel, uh, and then we'll keep our eyes on the engagements happening here uh, at uh, the Bema Hall here at the you know military headquarters where we're experiencing experiencing of course uh, the, the very first of its kind in a very long time where chiefs of defense staff from across the west africa side region will be meeting to dialogue on operationalizing or activating a standby force so that's been the concern here uh, but we'll keep our eyes on developments happenings here uh, at burma hall and bring you updates subsequently uh, in our bulletins bless us uh, of course uh, together with a team here at uh, the burma hall bringing to you a special um, package of the polls and uh, thanks to the team uh, both here and back in the studio for uh, supporting uh, the process.